What is fan fiction? In its simplest terms, it is a piece of creative art composed by someone who is a fan of film, TV, or comics. With that in mind, fan fiction is not perfect. It relies on the artist to produce what they consider their best material. It can either be just as great as the original source material, or something horrendously bad. Fan fiction has been a curiosity of mine for years, mostly due to the bizarre directions writers can take a story with, involving, say, a cartoon character entering a live-action universe, or, say, a spaceship meeting the world of Law & Order. I have highlighted some stories on my podcast, The Pop Culture Shuffle. This week's show is all about those stories. But before we get to that... Hi, I'm Joel Garcia. Welcome to the best and worst of fan fiction. Let's start off with a story that is sadly no longer available to read online. This particular story was originally broadcast on September 25th, 2020. The Lost and Loud by the Million Man. This particular fanfic is based on the Nickelodeon anime series The Loud House, which, at the time of this recording, has just begun airing its fifth season. If you've never heard of it, all you need to know is that it centers around the lives of the titular Loud family. The fanfic centers around Leia Loud, the long-lost twin sister of Luna Loud, the third oldest sibling. What makes this fic stand out amongst other stories of a similar premise is the backstory. Most fanfics involving long-lost siblings often begin with the person returning home and the family in shock. This one, however, goes in a different direction. After starting off with a prologue of Leia with the Louds, it briefly explores her life before returning to Royal Woods. It is an interesting read, seeing how she joins a biker gang and winds up back home. At this point, I should note the story is a bit more mature than the show itself, with a lot of swearing and violence, especially in one chapter where Leia goes on a rampage. Even the family reunion is not just hugs and crying. The first time she reunites with most of her siblings goes as follows. When I made it down, I saw three massive speakers towering over me lined up. I looked over and saw a rocker teenager readying her guitar. She gave one stroke of her strings and the sound blasted through the speakers and I flew back into the wall behind me. That hurt like hell. I thought I felt a rip crack. I landed on the floor and my vision began to get blurry. When I came to, I looked up and was about to be whacked by a bat. I rolled out of the way just in time, jumped onto my feet and ran towards the front door, but was stopped by a blunt force whacking me in the face. I fell on my ass, and my vision was blurry again. When I was able to see again, I saw that rocker girl standing over me with her guitar and a bit of blood on the head of it. She was going to hit me again, but I kicked her leg and she fell like a sack of bricks. I ran to the kitchen and touched my head where I was hit. I looked at my hand and saw blood. When I saw that, I could feel something rise in me. I could feel the red mist rolling in, but I was able to calm it. I'll leave it at that then. I just recommend you read the story.
Sure, it's admittedly different from the show itself, and is actually a bit more mature with all the violence, but it's a really interesting read. Sadly, the story is no longer able to read online. Sometime after I uploaded that episode, the story essentially was deleted from fanfiction.net. So sadly, the story is now lost media. And it's unfortunately tragic since the story was admittedly good. It was one of those rare Loud House stories that was admittedly dark, but it didn't take things too far. Unlike another story later in the show. If anything, I really liked what it did with the characters, where essentially you had this original character who was a twin sister to one of the main characters, and now her past is catching up to her. By the end of the story, which I didn't bring up at the time because the story wasn't finished, she manages to overcome all her problems, and for the first time in a long time, be happy. It was a great story, and it's really sad that it's no longer on fanfiction.net. So unfortunately, it's one of those stories where I can't even recommend it because it's gone. Our next selection was originally part of an off-week announcement that originally aired on November 20, 2020. While most are straightforward stories, crossovers, or even the odd alternate universe, there are the occasional weird ones. That descriptor works for today's story. Garfield, Royal Rescue by Shakespeare Hemingway. With a title like that, you would assume the fanfic has something to do with Garfield, the orange cat who hates Mondays and loves lasagnas from the newspaper comics. In this 2011 fanfic, Garfield is angry that he did not get invited to a royal wedding, specifically the wedding of Prince William and Kate Middleton. So he decides to go to London because reasons. It is a bizarre story where he apparently has both super strength and speed, and it portrays him as some kind of mid-80s action hero who randomly beats up people, and yet still loves lasagna. This story is also badly written, with a lot of grammatical errors and typos. Here is just a sampling of this short story. Garfield soon came upon wedding ceremony, with Prince William and Kate Middleton at altar being wed. Everyone heard Garfield's manly footsteps like thunder in the sea. Prince William turned around, saw his fears become realities. Garfield? yelled out Prince William in tones of squealing horror. How rude have you not heard royal tradition? It is the rules that I am first to have woman before marriage. Garfield stated with cold fact. Garfield, you will never have my woman. I am prince. I am a bubble. Declared Prince William with arrogant laugh. Garfield looked at Prince William with eyes of seeing and spoke with words of saying. Even princes must obey the law of the fist. But do not be worried, for I will give you fair trial. Here is the judge, and here is the jury, Garfield said as he raised his two fists for showing. Enough nonsense, feel might of royal jewels, said Prince William as he snapped his fingers. At Prince William's commands, noise was heard. Mighty Big Ben transformed into giant laser cannon, 
and aimed at Garfield with blasting intent. Tick tock, it is 12 o'clock, time to die, said Prince William with mocking words. At these words, Big Ben fired at Garfield with beams of fury. However, Garfield was not laser phased and backhanded laser beam with ease. Impossible! cried out Prince William with shock. Did you not learn physics in Prince School? Lasers bounce off my mighty man muscle. Garfield tutored with teachings. That is just a snippet from one of the many writings by Shakespeare Hemingway, who, based on his other stories on fanfiction.net, is a huge fan of Garfield. With nearly every single story being about Garfield in some form or another, acting in a similar, unusually out-of-character manner. This character interacts with a wide range of real-world and fictional characters, including, but not limited to, Kanye West, Katy Perry, Joaquin Phoenix, the characters from Mass Effect, La La Land, and even the Guardians of the Galaxy. There's even a sequel to Royal Rescue in which Prince Harry takes revenge. I'll leave it at that and just say, these stories are weird. Let's jump ahead to March 6, 2021, when I took a look at the follow-up to Royal Rescue. A while back, I talked about Garfield Royal Rescue, and how bizarre that story was between Garfield pursuing a Kate Middleton and Prince William all of a sudden having the ability to unleash a Big Ben laser. The crazy thing was that Shakespeare Hemingway, the guy who wrote that, made a sequel, and it's somehow even crazier. The synopsis best describes it. Prince Harry is consumed with madness of revenge, and Garfield must save the day again. The crazy thing about Shakespeare Hemingway is how he makes Garfield into basically Rambo, with a hint of Chuck Norris, and it just makes you wonder... Is he obsessed with Garfield? Is he obsessed with 80s characters? Did he just decide to put them together and thinking they make the perfect character? It's kind of a mystery. But here's another great example from Garfield Prince of Tragedy Royal Rescue Part 2. Garfield then fell down deep into slumber. In his dreams, he had nightmares of beautiful babes being kidnapped if he could not save them. As he woke, he found himself chained to stone. He was at Stonehenge, chained to stone. The chains were made of adamantium and magic, and there, enough chains to hold 40 speeding trains and 80 rampaging elephants. Surrounding Garfield were wicked druids. Drumbeats were being played, and in the distance, he saw Prince Harry and Chariot of Bones and Blood being pulled by flaming hell steeds. Garfield! At last on this hour, I have trapped you, and soon you will be meeting vengeance, said Prince Harry with smugness. And soon you will be meeting your brother in hell, courtesy of my hands of manly virtue, Garfield said with defiance. Fool! You will be begging mercy on knees of begging when I'm done with you! Whip him! yelled Prince Harry with anger. At Prince Harry's command, Druid Whipmaster whipped Garfield with whip. But Garfield did not flinch, but spat in his face. Pain is my pleasure, you womanly fiend. My spear will never break to you. 
roared Garfield in manly resistance. We will be seeing about this. You cannot last forever as hours go on. Your words of impudence will turn to tears of sorrow, said Prince Harry with dark heart as the order continued whipping. <coughs> hours and days went by with whipping, but Garfield did not show sign of fatigue or tiredness. His face full of masculine stoicism, he showed no pain. Impossible! No man can take such abuse! Cried out Prince Harry in disbelief. Peeny whips make no dents in my body of iron, Garfield said with cool confidence. Very well, it is about time to be ending this show with Encore. The grand finale is your death. Prepare the lubber! Ordered Prince Harry to his druids. Druids brought out a large pot of lava, with skulls being poured on Garfield, but suddenly, familiar voice was heard by all. Amaku! It was John Arbuckle on the hillside, with hair blowing in the wind and sun blazing behind him. John Arbuckle took out his flaming lasagna electronic guitar and started playing chords of power. The rocket metal began giving power to Garfield muscles, recharging them with rock. The power of metal ran through Garfield's massive muscles, and he broke free of chains with ease. What? cried out Prince Harry with shrieking terror. The metal of your chains is no match for the metal in my veins, Garfield said with rock and roll. I'll just leave it at that and point out that was one of the tamer parts of this story. Now this isn't the weirdest story by Shakespeare Hemingway. If you want a good example, look up his Joker fanfic, which has absolutely nothing to do with Joker and is more of a take that at both Joaquin Phoenix and Jimmy Kimmel. For some reason. If there's one thing to say about these stories, is that the writer is obsessed with Garfield to the point of basically making him a furry Chuck Norris. Prince of Tragedy is a weird story, and there are definitely a lot of bizarre moments, some of which are just insane reading, and I honestly couldn't get through the story. And in fact, when I tried reading another segment, it was honestly a bit ridiculous to try and read. But now that I've told you this truth, I must die in flames of glory! <laughs> to the point where I have to find a less insane part of the story to highlight. It is worth checking out if you enjoyed the original Royal Rescue, or just want to see a bizarre crossover fanfic where Garfield the Cat is basically turned into a furry Chuck Norris and fights Prince Harry. Garfield Prince of Tragedy Royal Rescue Part 2 by Shakespeare Hemingway is available to read on fanfiction.net. When it comes to picking stories to highlight, there are topics I have mostly avoided. A while back, I recorded an entire segment based on a controversial topic within a certain fanbase. Halfway through editing, I wound up switching it off for a less problematic subject. After some consideration, I finished editing it. Here now is what could be considered the lost fanfic. Now, for a lot of people, The Loud House is a popular show on Nickelodeon. It's been on the air for five seasons and has been renewed all the way up to a sixth season, making it one of the longer-running Nicktoons. 
There are fans who really enjoy the show, but there are others who prefer the earlier seasons, and then there are just a bunch of fans who really like the show to a very disturbing level, to the point where they've created characters known as The Sin Kids. This particular story is from the author Flag1991, that is F-L-A-G-G 1991. Nearly all of his stories feature the characters from the Loud House and the Casa Grandes occasionally in really disturbing adult situations. And honestly, I was a bit nervous about even bringing up one of these stories, but I wanted to just point out one of his more cleaner stories, if that's the best way to describe it. It's admittedly one of the better stories where they bring up the problem of the Sin Kids, which I'll get to, but first, let me just read the synopsis. After a tragic accident claims the life of her parents, Lacey Loud uses her Aunt Lisa's time machine to go back and prevent it, but winds up going back too far and meeting them when they were kids. And with that said, here is a snippet from the story, Through the Mists of Time. At the sliding glass door, Lacey looked over her shoulder. Mom and Dad stood side by side. Mom with her brows raised judgmentally, and Dad looking confused. Inside, Lisa dragged her through the kitchen and living room. In the latter, Lacey met her aunts. Lana and Lola sat cross-legged on the floor and looked up at the TV. Luna sat in the armchair with her legs hooked over one side and lazily strummed her guitar. Lucy crouched in the darkness of the fireplace and watched Lacey from behind her bangs like a weirdo. Lori sat on the couch and stared at her phone. Lenny walked in circles with a derpy expression on her face. Luann practiced ventriloquism with a wooden dummy. And Lily crawled around in only a diaper. None of them seemed to notice Lacey. The living room looked pretty much the same as it did in the future, except there were more pictures on the wall. Lacey studied them as Lisa guided her up the stairs. She was surprised to see photographs of her father at various ages. Dad as a baby, dad as a toddler. It didn't make any sense to her. Why were there pictures of dad everywhere? She went back to what mom said in the backyard. God, blah, 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 gave me a brother. As soon as they were esconded in Lisa's room, Lacey asked, What's the deal with Dad? Lisa ignored her, went over to her computer, and sat down. Why are there so many pictures of him? Why does he live here? Mom says she didn't meet him until they were in high school. I don't get it. The little girl did not reply. Alright, now Lacey was getting mad. She stalked over and spun Lisa's chair around. I want answers, she demanded, and I want them now! Her outburst shocked her. She never would have imagined doing that to adult Lisa, but she was kind of freaking out here. She cocked her fist and aimed it at Lisa's face. Would she really punch her four-year-old aunt's lights out? She didn't know, and she really hoped she didn't have to find out. Lisa sighed and pinched the bridge of her nose. My future self asked me not to mention anything, though she expects you to find out anyway. If I tell you, you didn't hear it from me. Your parents are brother and sister. 
Lazy's fist droop like a wilting flower. What? Lincoln is our brother. Apparently, at some point in the future, he and Lynn begin a romantic relationship that culminates in your birth. Brother and sister? Mom and dad were brother and sister? That's right! The main character of the story is a product of incest. And without going into further detail, that is basically what the Sin Kids are all about. Now I will admit, I hate this concept. And whenever I have seen it used on TV, such as say on one or two episodes of SBU, they actually point out the problem with incest. And they don't just like ignore it, they point out and have the characters feel horrified. And to me the problem with most of these Lawhouse fanfics, they don't care about the incest being wrong. And frankly it pisses me off because incest is horrible. And in the same way, I have a similar issue with certain fanfic writers who for some reason want to integrate politics, current events, and the real world into the Loud House even though they really don't do that on the show. Sure, the Loud House may occasionally throw in a pop culture reference such as the Bing Crosby or Daniel Day-Lewis, but they don't go full-blown insane. That same story has a similar problem where for some reason it is said primarily in 2021 during the pandemic, and at one point feature lyrics from WAP by Cardi B, which just doesn't make any sense for this show. All I will say is that this is a story which has some interesting elements, but it's frankly just a disturbing concept to even consider because the Sin Kids are just wrong. It's horribly, horribly wrong concept, and I'm frankly glad that most people have not acknowledged it outside of this part of the fan base. And now people have wondered, why doesn't Nickelodeon just condemn these people? Well, that would mean they'll be aware of it, and once you open that Pandora's box, it's too late. And even some of the voice actors have acknowledged the problem. One of the former voice actors for Lincoln Loud even pointed out that it's just wrong. And he's right! Through the Mists of Time is available to read on fanfiction.net. Before we move on, I wanted to put in a quick addendum to that segment. Now I should note that the writer Flag1991 has written some good content. In particular, the story Reeling in the Years, which is an expansive story spanning 233 chapters in which it follows an alternate universe version of the Loud family in which it's 1957 and it's only the five older sisters and Lincoln in the Loud family. And it's interesting, especially by how he integrates the younger sisters, since of course in this story, they're not part of the Loud family, but do appear in cameos as other characters. This story would work so much better if it wasn't attached to the Loud House. As in, you don't need to use the Loud House characters to tell this story. Really in the years is a really good story that in general is about the trials and tribulations of a family growing up from the 50s to the 2000s. You could just take out the loud names and make an original story and name the characters Larry, Mary, and Jason, and you can make your own original independent story. Similar to say how Fifty Shades of Grey was originally a Twilight fanfic, and that became its own franchise. Flag1991 may write some dark stories, but they are distinctly dark, and Really in the Years is a really good story. 
Reeling in the Years is available to read on fanfiction.net. We now move on from that to a story from November 28, 2020. It involves a medical drama and... Harry Potter? I was recently given a request by a classmate of mine, who will be left anonymous, to talk about fanfiction from a specific TV show. The only problem? I've never watched Grey's Anatomy. It's not that I hate medical dramas, it's just that I have zero interest in that specific series. There are several medical dramas which I do enjoy watching, such as House, Transplant, and The Resident, but I never had any interest in Grey's Anatomy. So instead of reading a generic fan fiction about the lives of characters I barely know outside of a mad TV sketch, I decided to look up a crossover fanfic. Surprisingly, there were very few stories available to read. You'd think that such a long-running series would have bizarre crossovers with franchises such as Spongebob, Sailor Moon, Star Trek, Friends, or even My Little Pony. On fanfiction.net, there are only 490 crossover stories, most of which were just melodramatically boring. And if that's what Grey's Anatomy is about, maybe that's why I don't watch it. Luckily, I was able to find one worth highlighting. The Wizard of Seattle Grace. It is a crossover between Grey's Anatomy and Harry Potter. The story centers around Harry Potter moving to Seattle and becoming a doctor. Because that makes sense. Despite his presence, Harry barely uses any magic. He is basically a Gary Stew who occasionally uses magic for the least magical situations. Also, it has the usual bashing of the wizarding world, which is just mundane to read now. And I say mundane how this happened before all of the controversy with J.K. Rowling. But back to the story. The writer Amiyas Ram, that is her actual name on fanfiction.net, appears to write the story as if it were a regular episode of Grey's Anatomy, but only with Harry Potter, having the seriousness of the former and yet none of the latter's magic. Here is just a snippet of the story. Dr. Shepard. Harry called as he finally spotted that perfect head of dark hair. Could I have a moment of your time? He asked politely as he came abreast of the other man. Derek eyed the man warily. Dr. Potter, he greeted the younger man. I can give you a moment, but only a minute. I have pressing matters to attend to. He motioned Harry towards the conference room. Harry followed him into the room and took a seat at the table before giving Derek a level look. Would these pressing matters have anything to do with an apology to Dr. Gray? Derek sat at the other end of the table and gave Harry a confused look. Why would I need to apologize to Meredith? I wasn't aware that you even knew her. Harry folded his hands under his chin and fixed that fire-filled green gaze on Derek. I do know her. She's a friend. I haven't seen her for a few years, but she's my friend and we both know how callously you treat friends of mine, don't we, Derek? Derek's jaw dropped. You can't seriously still be angry over that, can you? It was over six years ago, and his chances of survival were nearly zero anyway. The fire in Harry's eye was replaced by icy disdain. I am not here to talk about Draco, 
at least not beyond the fact that he too was my friend. He reigned in his anger at Derek's casual disregard for Draco's death. Does Meredith know that you're married? Derek's dark blue eyes widen and his mouth open and then snaps shut. Addison is no longer my wife, he finally read out. Harry allowed himself to give the illusion of relaxing. The two of you to Boston? Why? I thought you were the perfect couple. Derek's eyes shifted to look over Harry's shoulder and then back to his face. It's not final yet, he said, but Addison and I are over for good. Harry nodded and stood. You cause Meredith Grey the slightest bit of pain and you will feel my wrath. He knew his magic was crackling around him. Derek wouldn't know what it was that suddenly caused his mouth to dry and terror to fill his heart, but that didn't matter. All the older man needed to know was that Harry meant business. Take care of the boss before you do anything else with her, and tell her she'll never forgive you if you don't. Derek rolled his eyes but nodded. His dark blue eyes hardened. I'm surprised you didn't know already. He commented as Harry headed for the door. You and Mark were friends. Did he not tell you how good my wife is in bed? Harry looked over his shoulder and smirked. He hasn't yet, but she's a redhead. So was my wife. Redheads are passionate. At least the ones I've known. I don't blame her, you know. Or him, really. He's been in love with her for as long as I've known him. But you were his brother. He wouldn't throw that away easily. You did though. You treated her like a piece of furniture and you know it. So this poisonous hatred you have me going? You should direct it to the proper target. And that's not Mark or Addy. Harry pulled open the door and strode into the hall before Derek could say a word. Now if you were a fan of both franchises, you might have found that sequence exciting. Since I know nothing about Grey's Anatomy, I did not. This is one fanfic definitely not worth checking out unless you hate everything about the wizarding world of Harry Potter except Harry himself. And if that doesn't make any sense, you would be right. The Wizard of Seattle Grace is available to read on fanfiction.net. Let's wrap up our special by highlighting some bizarre and wacky fanfics from the legendary Box of Scraps in a segment originally broadcast on February 20, 2021. He has a very interesting method on fanfiction.net. All of his stories contain in some form or another Iron Man, but they're not about Iron Man exactly. All of his stories are relatively short, not even breaking a thousand words. I think the best way to show you how bizarre these stories are is by reading one of his shorter ones. In fact, it's so short, I can read the entire story. That's how short it is. From Box of Scraps, here's Let's Get Dangerous. Darkwing Duck stood there on a rooftop, sort of in a Batman-esque sort of manner. That being said, the answer is no for the story with him. Let's get dangerous. Duck Dude said as he was about to leap into action. Iron Man flew in and landed next to him. 
I am Iron Man, and I'd rather get drunk. Also, he blasted Ducky into the sky and came back down as a plate of cooked duck. No more danger for you. He grabbed the plate and flew away. That is seriously the entire story. And surprisingly, it gets worse. All of the stories feature Iron Man just crashing into the story, killing the characters, or essentially screwing things up so badly they just give up and quit, and then declaring he's going to get drunk. Seriously. Every. Single. One of them. In fact, here's another short story, simply titled, I'm Batman. Gotham City. It was another dark, rainy night. Up in the sky, the bat signal was shining brightly in the sky. And on the rooftop stood Batman. I'm Batman. Iron Man dropped down from the sky and punched Batman in the stomach, then tossed him back on the roof. I am Iron Man. The bat signal in the sky shut off, but when it came back on, there was an Iron Man mask lit in the clouds. That is seriously the entire story. I'd say the author would change it up every once in a while, but no. Every single story written by Box of Scraps has the same situation happen. It's a normal story based on the characters, Iron Man comes in, ruins everything, and just leaves. That is seriously how every story goes. A noun, a burb, and Iron Man. So if you're curious to look up this person, he is on fanfiction.net as Box of Scraps. And with that, we have come to the end of our special program. Thank you very much for listening to The, the Best, Best and the Worst, Worst of Fanfiction. If you would like me to highlight some bizarre fanfiction you've seen online, feel free to contact me on Instagram and Twitter at MrJoelGarcia9. Who knows, maybe your fanfic will be highlighted here on the Pop Culture Shuffle, which streams every weekend on your favorite stream provider. So don't forget to subscribe on your favorite service. Until next time on the Pop Culture Shuffle, I'm Joel Garcia, and thank you for listening. <laughs>